Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Greetings and welcome to the Vi Mid Third Quarter 2021 Earnings Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. Please note this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the conference over to your host, Todd Zinder, COO. You may begin. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Please note that our remarks in this conference call may include forward-looking statements under the U.S. federal securities laws or forward-looking information under applicable Canadian securities legislation, which we collectively refer to as forward-looking statements. Such statements reflect the company's current views and intentions with respect to future results or events and are subject to certain risks and uncertainties, which could cause actual results or events to vary from those indicated in forward-looking statements. Examples of such risks and uncertainties are discussed in our disclosure documents filed with the SEC or the Securities Regulatory Authorities in certain provinces of Canada. Because of these risks and uncertainties, investors should not place undue reliance on forward-looking statements. The forward-looking statements made in this conference call today are made as of the date hereof, and the company undertakes no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements, except as required by law. The third quarter financial results news release, including the related financial statements, are available on the SEC's website. Now I'll turn it over to Casey to get things started. Thank you, Todd. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our call today. We are excited to announce another record-breaking quarter driven by the hard work and determination of our employees. It is our growing team of nearly 600 employees, along with their extensive experience and strong relationships, that enables our organization to find opportunities to improve the lives of the patients we serve every day. Our people are our most important asset and our ability to remain resilient during these unprecedented times is directly tied to their unwavering commitment to our patients. We once again would like to take this opportunity to thank them for their dedication to excellence and for their devotion to our mission. We are also thrilled to welcome to our team the 13 additional sales reps onboarded during the third quarter. These new hires bring our total year-to-date sales hirings to 46, right on track with our planned goal of adding 60 by year-end. Despite the surge of the Delta variant of COVID-19 during the quarter in many of our key markets, we were able to leverage our investments in people and technology to grow the core business by approximately 6% over the previous period and 12% over the third quarter of 2020. During the time in which our access to referral sources and physical facilities was impacted, we prepared for better days by completing Project Next Level, a nationwide training program. So in the third quarter, our sales personnel returned to the field equipped to optimize their sales strategies and invigorate their communications to physicians and patients with a deeper understanding of the additional products and services BiMed offers. As a result, we are seeing a strong increase in the sales associated with oxygen and sleep. For example, in the third quarter, oxygen revenues increased by 16% over the second quarter. 
We are enthusiastic about these initial trends driving revenue growth and further diversifying our product mix. <clears throat> In addition to the tailwinds we experienced from our training initiatives, the Phillips recall is creating opportunities for ViMed to capture market share for competitors that lack access to vendors and equipment. Early in the recall process, our supply chain professionals were able to secure a strong pipeline of equipment by leveraging our scale and previous relationships with alternate manufacturers. Based on our current projections, we do not anticipate our access to the supply of equipment to limit or constrain our expansion, but rather will contribute to our growth rate for the remainder of the year. Our ability to rise to the occasion and meet customer needs during this challenging environment demonstrates to both patients and providers that ViMed is a reliable partner. As a result, in the third quarter, HAP revenues increased 22% over the previous quarter. Ultimately, the recall is leading to an incredible opportunity for patient acquisition. While we continue to actively identify potential strategic acquisitions, our observations of current valuations indicate that a patient acquisition strategy is an effective use of capital in the near term allowing us to grow substantially while preserving capital for transformative acquisitions down the road. Another core strength that emerged during the pandemic is our ability to source talent. When resources became constrained at frontline facilities during the peak of the COVID-19 crisis, BiMed was able to help source over 300 temporary healthcare staffing positions for our collaborative partners. The trends are clear. We see that staffing competencies will become a critical success factor in the healthcare industry over the next five years. Based on our historical success in this area, we are excited to announce the formation of the ViMed Healthcare Staffing Division, which will be branded as VHS. The staffing division is expected to serve as a robust recruiting platform for internal and external clinical healthcare positions. We believe that this recruiting engine will differ differentiate us from our competitors by allowing us to source industry-leading talent as well as provide a supplemental revenue stream by supplying contingent and contract-based resources to healthcare facilities. Another area where ViMed is emerging as an industry leader is through our facilitation and sponsorship of medical research. As previously announced, yet another peer review study was published during the quarter by the American Journal of Managed Care. This study supports the growing body of evidence that patients with COPD struggling with chronic respiratory failure who utilize NIVH therapy will live longer, as well as go to the hospital and, and emergency department rooms less, therefore enjoying an improved quality of life. As our investments and initiatives to support the scientific body of evidence mature, our next step is to equip providers health systems, and governmental organizations with the information to help patients obtain the care they need, as well as hopefully reduce overall, overall cost of care. Finally, I'd like to provide an update on our technology initiatives. We believe that our long-term value proposition is uniquely tied to our ability to combine a high-touch service delivery with high-tech resources. Our proprietary patient connectivity software has continued to demonstrate this value during the Delta variant surge. In addition to our ongoing COVID-related contact and vaccine tracing activities, our response to the pandemic has also included investments that allow healthcare professionals to leverage technology to treat their patients remotely. 
We previously announced the rollout of our Engage platform, which is our hub in the home, providing our RTs and physicians a remote patient monitoring tool and telehealth solution to safely manage patients on a real-time basis. During the quarter, we saw a further rapid adoption of the technology within the number of patients onboarded now exceeding 3,000. When combining Engage with our proprietary ViMed View and Connect platforms, we believe that we are well suited to become a leader in the evolving industry of technology-enabled home health care. With more on our operations, financials, and regulatory landscape, I will now turn the call over to Chief Operating Officer Todd Zender. Todd. All right, thanks, Casey. In reviewing the financial results, all figures are in U.S. dollars, and the full results have been made available on the SEC website as well as CDAR. Our core business generated net revenue of $27.8 million during the third quarter of 2021, as compared to net revenues of $24.9 million in the third quarter of 2020, which equates to a 12% increase. Our sequential growth for the core business was 6%. We were very encouraged to see our growth be spread out amongst our vent, path, and oxygen business lines. During the third quarter, we generated approximately $1.5 million of revenue from the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, primarily related to vaccine and contact tracing revenue generated during the quarter with our established call center. As we have previously discussed, by moving quickly during the pandemic, we've been able to be a resource to multiple groups through our call center, and we will continue to do so as long as there is an ongoing need. Our margin percentages, both gross and EBITDA, are once again very healthy, and as we indicated last quarter, we have begun to normalize without significant COVID revenue influencing our total numbers. Our gross and EBITDA margins during the quarter came in at 63 and 25% accordingly. Our third quarter gross and EBITDA amounts came in at 18.4 and 7.4 million respectively. We have continued to diversify the business while growing our vent revenue, which is a great sign that our complementary products are significantly growing. The oxygen and PAT businesses are benefiting from our national rollout, as well as unique circumstances related to the COVID pandemic and the ongoing PAP recall. Our third quarter revenue from Vince was approximately 78% of our core revenue as compared to 82% in the third quarter of 2020. Our SG&A for the quarter totaled approximately 13.3 million as compared to 13.6 million in the third quarter of 2020. Once again, when looking at prior year comparison, those amounts are impacted by all the activity going on with the COVID-19 supply revenues, and our stock price volatility has had a positive impact during the current year. We once again are staying committed to hiring people to help grow our company and serve more patients. While the labor market has become more challenging, specifically with the clinical, clinical folks providing such great care, our culture and business model has kept us competitive and we have not seen any issue continuing to care for our patient base. We took the opportunity during the current quarter to use some of our cash on opportunistic ways to grow. The most significant uses of cash were on equipment, where we used approximately $5 million on path and vent purchases. By getting ahead of supply chain issues, we have been able to capture business that our competitors were unable to serve. We additionally took the opportunity to buy an additional 5% of Veristat as we continue to see the growing trend of remote patient monitoring around the country. Moving on to the ongoing OIG and CMS issue related to our NIV claims, 
We are continuing to work with CMS and its contractors through the appeal process to assess the medical necessity of the patients audited by OIG. The first round of appeals was upheld by CMS's contractor, and the company will be filing appeals to the quick in the next couple of weeks. We are hopeful that this round will have more of an individual clinical review rather than adopting the OIG position. As a reminder, due to the four-year look-back window, it appears that 39 patients are being reviewed by CMS, and the total exposure, if all failures were upheld, would be $9 million. Of these 39 patients, 15 of them have been detailed reviewed by CMS in prior audits, and all of them passed complex medical review. And as confusingly, two of the patients being reviewed appear to be outside of the four-year look-back window. These, amongst many other arguments, are currently and will continue to be worked with the various levels of appeal. The company has not accrued any liability related to this ongoing matter as it continues to believe these patients qualified for the CMS rules and it eventually will be overturned through the appeals process, which includes reconsideration and ALJ, and will take some time to ultimately work through a final resolution. We have taken this opportunity to begin a process of our first formal attempt to establish formulary rules related to NIV, and we are working diligently to provide input to the coverage group at CMS. We've once again visited, been visiting with current and prospective investors through industry conferences and non-deal roadshows with our existing analysts and banking relationships. We appreciate the ongoing support from both the buy and sell side during this year. At this time, I'm going to turn it over to Casey to wrap things up. Thanks, Todd. Whether it be through access to care for patients or access to clinicians, our healthcare system has certainly been tested by this pandemic. With patients filling hospital beds throughout the country at a time when clinicians are hard to come by, we are seeing our physician and hospital referral sources being more engaged to develop deeper partnerships designed to treat more people in the home. BiMed's nimble track record of creatively being in position to respond to the nation's needs at a moment's notice puts us in perfect position to capitalize on these opportunities. Our value prop of placing experienced clinicians in the home utilizing proprietary clinical data analytics to measure success is the perfect blend of high touch with high tech desired by our partners. As we move to bolting on BiMed healthcare staffing as part of these programs, we view the staffing division being impactful in two ways. First, our dedicated staffing recruiters will fulfill a growing demand for the placement of clinicians throughout the referral sources we serve. And second, we will be developing a more sophisticated and dedicated strategy to constantly fueling BiMed's proven organic growth engine with the clinicians our company requires to treat the underserved COPD population. These are the growth levers that we will be pulling on throughout the end of the year, of which will have the largest impact on our future growth rate. Our outlook for our business is as bright as ever. We are in an environment where we have an increasing demand for our service, our clinicians, and our expertise. Make no mistake about it. At ViMed, our management team considers the perceived headwinds of the healthcare industry as a unique opportunity to capture market share at exponential rates. We will continue to be resilient and relentless in our pursuit to help as many people as we possibly can and ultimately drive financial success for our shareholders that we are privileged to serve. This concludes our prepared remarks. We'll now open up the floor for Q&A. Thank you, and at this time, we will be conducting a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question, 
please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. If you, you may press star 2 if you'd like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment please while we poll for questions. And our first question is from Frank Morgan with RBC Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good morning. Um, yeah, I guess my first question, when you think about uh, this most recent Delta surge, comparing it to some of the past surges, uh, do you see anything really different here, or is there anything that might, um, you know, be foreshadowing for how, how if, if we do have another surge at some point in the future, how your business has adapted and adjusted to that? And I guess on that point, uh, any additional color you can provide for us on what you're seeing so far uh, in the fourth quarter as it relates to the, um, you know, the, the NIV and the O2 and the and the PAP? That's my first question. I'll start and I'll let Todd chime in as he wants. The I would say the only difference with the Delta surge compared to the, I guess, the original surge is that it was in different pockets throughout the country at different times. And that was very evident to us and just kind of hard to, to really track in place. And naturally, that just limits access points at different points in time as well. So it was just uh, a little bit harder for management to track or where, what to expect in certain areas because of that. But, you know, look, it, it's, there was July was one of our better months. And then, then we, we, we got slowed down a little bit by the Delta surge. And as we, we spit out of these things, we know just from the track record of once you're on the backside of them, that business comes back up and turns back on, if you will. So we're optimistic about getting through this and, and uh, certainly have the tools in place, Frank, to operate in this environment if indeed it, it doesn't go away. So we're not sitting there counting, uh, counting our chickens that the, the, the pandemic is over by any means. But, um, but, you know, once it does happen, it'll be good for the business. Yeah, and just to add one piece on to the final part of your question, October was a good reversal. While it wasn't as strong as July, it was better than September. 
So we look at trends a lot of times, and we look at, you know, cities and how many of our reps are having struggles versus not having, you know, access struggles, if you will. And the fact that October had a positive trend from new patients is a good sign, although still hoping to get back to that full access that we saw in July that, like Casey said, was probably our best month in the last uh, year and a half since the pandemic started. Gotcha. And, and I guess, uh, you know, nice margin expansion here. And uh, obviously all our uh, providers are talking about labor issues. And I, I know your your labor mix is different here, but are there any pockets that you would call out that, you, that you're more mindful of or watching more closely and having to, uh, to, have to, having to address? Well, I think clearly we all see that respiratory therapists are in very high demand and we employ 280 or probably somewhere between 275 and 300, of which uh, 60 or so are in our sales force. So the key drivers to growing our business are finding more sales uh, people and finding therapists to take care of the patients. So that's, that's the biggest um, need for us. We've always done a very good, way, uh, very good job of recruiting and retaining RTs, but they are in as high demand as anybody out there. So it's, um, it's, it has not become an issue for us servicing our patients. Um, we have not had that problem at all, but it is just a little bit more difficult to keep the, um, keep the, the, the rate of new hires coming in. It probably uh, just exacerbated our need to have the staffing division. We've had so many partners around the country, states, um, hospital systems, other partners looking for um, employees during this crisis, and we just needed our RTs to service our own patients. So the fact is that we, we just heard it so much, and we're a recruiting engine, that it was time to bring um, some more muscle into that group, which is why we did it. So while there's other needs throughout the uh, business, for sure, uh, the RTs are definitely the ones that are, um, you know, front and center for us. The only thing I'll add is that if you look at our business compared to a home health, we don't need our clinicians to, to bill for, for our service. In other words, we might lose an RT in a certain area, but it's up to us to just kind of backfill some support and pull from another area but we continue to bill for our patient demographics. So that would be kind of like the difference between our home medical equipment business, which has a billable equipment code versus billing for a person, if you will, in a home health. Gotcha. Uh, last one and I'll hop. Uh, just, uh, you, you mentioned uh, becoming much more proactive in, in trying to uh, uh, address, I guess, like a clinical criteria. Uh, any color on kind of in a perfect world, how would you like to see that laid out? And I'll hop, thanks. Yeah, what we're doing right now is we've uh, we've had some discussions with the coverage group at CMS regarding to trying to file for what for a full NCD reconsideration. And what we are waiting on at this point is Dr. Fraser is finishing a full data study that is not using medical or a limited data set through Medicare. Um, and we are we're making a few additional tweaks to that study to make sure our reconsideration for the NCD is supported through data and the study that uh, we will ultimately get published. That should be uh, forthcoming during this quarter. And so our hope is that we could potentially file for a reconsideration, which is just giving our opinions to the coverage group at CMS. Um, it would put our recommendations on what event NCD should look like. 
um, and for the first time would have real data to support it. I mean, CMS has gone through three or four different uh, processes on vent NCDs, and it's not an easy topic to, uh, to tackle, but we're as incentivized as anybody to make sure we get it in there and get it right. So hopefully uh, once this data is finalized, we are gonna get it all hemmed up and uh, filed in with CMS. So fourth quarter is our goal. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. And again, as a quick reminder, if you have any questions, you may press star one on your telephone keypad. Doing so will ensure your spot in the Q&A queue. Our next question is from Brooks O'Neill with Lake Street Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Good morning, guys. I apologize. I got on a few minutes late, so if I ask you about something you've already talked about, uh, you can either skip it and we can circle back around later, or you could give me the short answer. So first thing I was just curious about, did you, did you talk at all about any progress with the VA? Um, we didn't mention anything about the VA. Our, I guess it should be talked about that our success with the VA this past year, Brooks, has been in staffing. So we did talk about placing 300 nurses across the country in facilities that were in need of staffing. A lot of those guys were VA facilities, so we're still seeing that demand, and we're going to be fulfilling it with the the beginnings of and the, and the launch of our new staffing division, BiMed Healthcare Staffing. The pilot study, which we were talking about a lot, Brooks, which you probably wanted to hear an update on that, has been changing. They're moving from pilot mode into direct to fixing the contract mode. That's somewhat good news because it's it's them saying, hey, look, why are we why do we need to do a pilot study whenever you have all this published data already that we're seeing it NIV does work. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I've been talking about this for <laughs> two years now. So right. that's a good thing that they're making a shift. But look, I'm hesitant to just Included in the script because it changes on on a dime, and but that's sure. it. That's the update for you. Perfect. That's helpful. And then I guess secondly, I'm curious. These OIG investigations always puzzle me. I, I'm sure there's some rationale for why the OIG should look over what CMS has already reviewed and come to a different conclusion about what what CMS does. But a can you understand or explain the rationale that you sense from the OIG guys for why they're doing this? And then secondly, could you comment, do you think it has any direct impact on A, the way you run the business, or B, customer perception of BiMed right now? So on the first part, I understand the OIG is an independent organization within the umbrella of HHS and has a job to do. So we we'll fully understand that. But there is no part of any of us that understands the rulings that they have made on our vent patients and the position that they've taken because it is 100% unsupportable, which is why we as an organization are so determined to get this fixed because it's just an unfair report and an unfair set of processes. They came in to audit one thing, we had a 100% pass rate, and they picked something else that has no justification. So I understand where their role is in the, um, in the HHS umbrella. I don't understand their position. On the second piece, 
No, we've been dealing with this audit since 2018, and not at one time have we done anything different than our internal processes. We screen for these patients, we pick the right patients, we know the patients that need ventilators, and our data that is being published supports it. If they're hypercapnic and if they meet other conditions, they need to be on a ventilator because it saves their lives and it saves money for the healthcare system. So no, we have not changed our position one bit. And does there have a negative perception? I, I can't answer that. I'm sure people read this nasty report and think we're doing the wrong thing, um, which once again is why we're so determined to get to the right answer. And it may take some uh, a few rounds of appeals, but we're gonna continue to fight for our patients and our employees and our company and shareholders. Great, makes total sense to me, guys. Uh, keep up all the good work. Thanks, Brooks. And our next question is from Doug Cooper with Beacon Securities. Please proceed with your question. Hey, good morning, guys. Just one follow-up on the OIG stuff. When, when do you expect final resolution on this, then? One way or the other? Well, we're going to file a reconsideration request within the next couple of weeks, and that's probably a three-month decision process. And depending on how it goes, if it goes, um, it, we may have to bring it to ALJ, which is a court system. It's basically the court system for medical claims. If we have to go to that route, which right now, it, you know, I can't say that it, it won't be because it's been going down the route of appeals, that could be... It could be a 12 to 24 month resolution, just depending on how long it takes us to get in front of a, you know, a judge, a, an ALJ situation. So um, I guess <clears throat> best case, we could get some good results at reconsideration, um, which would be done soon. Uh, worst case is we have to go to ALJ and that's where we're, uh, we're testifying and talking about chart by chart and it could be a couple of years. Okay, just moving on to the the staffing initiative, um, can you sort of walk through, you know, what the margin profile might be? So you hire these people and then sort of bill them out by the hour to other companies, or maybe just walk through what what, what it looks like. Well, yeah, in the with these contingency contracts, they're they're your typical staffing contracts where a hospital system uses them, and then and then you bill, uh, or they you know they bill. You build a hospital system per hour. That's one piece of the strategy for sure. That's what we've been doing with these. You know, I use the number 300 oh. nurses that we've displaced that we placed in the last year. The more important piece to us, Doug, and, and one that you'll understand is that we're beefing up our own internal recruiting platform to help find the people that we need here at ViMed to grow the organic growth engine. And so, There'll be two ways that we bring value. What we're seeing the need for is that folks are without people, number one, but also we want to get our people into the hospital facilities as well to where they can help direct traffic for the referral source and, and really hope educate folks on doing how to do business with BiMed more efficiently. Okay. And what, what is the process for recruiting these people? Are you, are you going to sort of schools or what, what is the actual process? That's that's definitely one tactic, but we we can't give our, all of our secrets away on this call here, Doug. But yeah, look, there's these guys are next level recruiters that are proven. They've been doing this for many years, and we're bringing in other folks and, and training them how to efficiently do this. Okay, and just on because of the labor shortage, uh, seemingly 
all around? Do you see any upward uh, pressure on uh, wages? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting creative with a lot of our packages, but, um, you know, nothing that we're not going chasing or competing with these travel contracts that clinicians are getting with right now. And so we're, we've lost a handful of people, but nothing material enough to really talk about the folks just traveling across country and going, going make double the rate. That's not a reason for us to go out and increase our rate to retain those folks. We've already actually recruited some clinicians that have come back off of those contracts that are ready for a normal job again. So we don't predict that we're going to have to money whip the problem to, that, that's going on right now. Okay. And my final one, just 12% uh, growth uh, year over year, obviously very good. Um, your expectations that he can maintain double-digit organic growth into next year? Absolutely. You know, and we, we are hopeful, while we, we can't say when it's going to happen, we are hopeful that we get back to more months like July and it sets us up for more traditional growth rate. Um, this was a great quarter. Having 6% sequential growth was great. It, it really started with a, a, we got off to a bang and always getting out early in the quarter is going to set us up for good growth. So we're hopeful that we can start getting to that five, six, seven sequential growth rate and start stacking those up on top of each other, which will yield more uh, Biomed traditional organic growth rates. Okay. Great. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Doug. And we have reached the end of the question and answer session, and this also concludes today's conference call. You, and you also may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation, and have a good day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.